Wow, this is like total transformation from last week. <laughs> Welcome all of Irene's friends. <laughs> Welcome all of Marilyn's friends. Welcome to Legacy City Church, everybody. This is a good morning. I'm really just anticipating just a wonderful, sweet presence of God moving in our midst this morning. He's so faithful. The Holy Spirit is so faithful. Everywhere you go, he shows up. I would encourage you, make that a declaration in your life, in your morning when you start your day. Everywhere I go, Holy Spirit always shows up. You have inherited through Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross, and open heaven. You have direct access to the Father by one Holy Spirit, 24-7, constant access. That is good news. So I guess we can go home now, right? No, no way. We're going to worship the King of Kings. We make it our aim in this church to minister first and foremost unto the Lord. So as we worship this morning, I want to encourage you, good morning, Kim, I want to encourage you to be free. If you want to stand the whole time, you can stand the whole time. If you want to shout, raise your hands, do whatever you want. If you want, there's carpets in the back, there's some carpet up front. If you just want to lay out on the floor, that's okay. If you just want to soak the whole time and you just want to listen to what the Holy Spirit is, is wanting to download to you, be free. We're just going to take our time this morning. We're going to spend time in his presence, and we're going to just let the Holy Spirit come and interact with us. We just want a face-to-face -face encounter with his presence this morning. We love Jesus, and it's our desire just to love on him and to receive his affection in our gatherings, in our, in our time of worship. So we're going to get this party rolling along here. I'm going to ask you guys to stand up, and we will read a declaration together. We won't put it up quite yet. Wow, God, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful, Lord. You just opened up your heavens, and you opened up our atmosphere, and you, you brought, and you dropped down into us. Heavy, you're heavy. We love you. I saw rain, and it was so each um, raindrop and it was just following up, falling on us and that's his presence I just want to pay attention to each drop I want to dance in your puddle I want to dance in your presence God we receive you we receive your presence we receive your rain do what you want to do we open up to you just do what you want to do. Thank you. Thank you. Does anybody from the ministry team have a word? Praise the Lord. So as we were singing that very first song, and the lyric was, your love surrounds me. 
it literally, I could see it just swirling around us. And there was another, another song where when the Lord rises, it's like I could see him rise from his throne and the enemies just fell over. Hallelujah. So I just want to invite anyone from the team, if you have a prophetic word that's just really heavy on your heart right now, this is a good time to come. Otherwise, we're going to, we want to give Teresa as much time this morning as possible. It's going to be good. I just want to give a moment. I'm just going to try to make this really brief, but... Uh, I only got to meet a couple of you in the room, uh, Edna, Edie. Can I call you Aunt Edie? <laughs> Doesn't sound right. No. Okay. <laughs> I was sharing with Edie that uh, my my dad has had many aunts, and one of them is his Aunt Edie, Aunt Edna May. And so your name just really was with me in worship, kind of bouncing in my heart, and I just wanted to pray into that and ask God if he just wanted to encourage you and you and Lori as well. So would you two mind standing up just briefly? We just, our heart in this church is just to bless you. We just want to hear the voice of the father. First of all, I just felt his delight over the two of you, over all of you. Okay. But this is just for you two. He, he delights over you. And I know your name means pleasure, means pleasure. And I know that as one of his daughters, you bring sweet pleasure to his heart. The Father is so delighted in your life, in your worship, in how you minister his heart to people. So I just want to encourage you with that. Um, and it also means kernel, like a seed. And I just felt like with that, that God was just saying that you are a carrier of the seed bag, that you have seed from heaven to sow words of encouragement, words of life, words of strength, calling out the golden people. You have a bag full of seed. So we just bless you with that. It's just simple, real simple word. And Lori, um, this just helps me with names. Um, so your name comes from laurel tree or sweet bay tree. And it's a symbol of honor and victory. So we just want to declare over you that you walk in honor and in victory. And you carry the honor and victory of heaven everywhere you go. And just as with Edie, the pleasure of heaven is over your life. So we just want to bless you with that. We want to encourage you today that you are his favorites. That all of you are his favorites. And just... With the rest of you that have come out of invitation, you can go ahead and sit down if you want. With the rest of you, um, normally, well, I wouldn't try to give a prophetic word to every person in this room, but I just want to encourage you. I felt like the Lord was highlighting something that I heard this week. Um, there's two birds that come to mind. There's vultures and then there's hummingbirds. Vultures, we know what they look for, right? They look for carcasses. They sniff out dead things and they go find it. What do hummingbirds look for? 
They look for the beautiful, sweet flowers of creation. And I just felt to encourage you that God sees you as his hummingbirds. He didn't call you to be vultures. He didn't call me to be a vulture. He called us to be the ones that seek out the beauty in his creation and call out the beautiful things. So I just want to encourage you with that. You want to jump in? Yeah, I have something. I don't know your name, but you're in the Seattle Seahawks. What's your name? Kahala. Kahala. I like that. Could you stand just for a moment, please? Thank you. I just really feel God's pleasure over you, and I feel like he's saying he's going to take you into a deeper level with him. That a time just a refreshing and just deeper in with him and just time of like soaking and where he's going to just give you some downloads. So, yeah. Bless you. Awesome. So just one last thing, um, then we're going to get Teresa up here. We never want to miss an opportunity for blessing and praying for those in this room who need healing and years ago, Tammy and I got a word multiple times from different people that he, God has called us to heal hearts. So if you have a heart issue, we would like to ask you to stand up and we could pray for you. If you have an issue with your heart, and if not, thank you, Jesus. Both. And that was clarified. Let me clarify that. When it comes to healing hearts, the physical heart and the broken heart. So go ahead and stand up if you want, and anyone else who, who would like to receive prayer. And if those of you around, Irene would just surround her. Do you have something to share, or are you in prayer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, do you want to share it now? Okay. So, yeah. So um, one of the things that I was seeing in, in worship is that if you're, um, sometimes you can feel broken, and sometimes when there's a break, you you know, there's two pieces, but sometimes you actually feel like you're shattered, that there's many, many broken small pieces. And you are not beyond repair. So Father God is gracious that he will take the small piece and he'll work on that one piece at a time. And um, just he just wants that room to... Um, Take each piece, and each single piece is vital, very important, and precious to him. He sees you, he sees you in himself, whole, complete, perfect. But for us in this walk, in this place, he's going to heal us a little bit at a time as we can take it. That's good. So if you wouldn't mind praying part of that, and I want to just tag on to it for part of the healing too. But so are, how many, if, just raise your hand if you're getting the prayer, if you want to receive it, just you, Irene and Lori. Okay, so I want to make sure that, and Kim, I want to make sure, can, can you who are sitting just take a look back and, and get around those and just, just lay a hand on them? And then we want to pray. Yeah, if we can get a couple people back with Kim. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father God. You are so good, so beautiful. 
Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your patience to, to bring us along at a pace that we are safe with, that we are comfortable with. And we find, Father, that in you we can trust. We can trust your timing and we can trust your working, Father. And, Father, we just yield ourselves right now just to your sweet peace, your sweet presence. And you are melding us. Uh, you are you are entwining your DNA into our DNA. And, Father, your DNA heals and restores and makes us perfect. And uh, we thank you, Father, for the that we are able to see with new eyes, Father, that the healing and the working that you're doing in us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Yeah, we just release newness of life. I just was just seeing a picture of a heart, and it looked like ink going through the arteries, and then it was just getting clearer and clearer and clearer with newness, just crystal clear life flowing in. So we just bless you guys today, and we just say let the freshness, the newness of the life of Jesus come now and kiss. Let it kiss your heart. Cast your cares before the Lord, for he cares for you. Thank you, Lord. And God, we pray for the physical hearts in this room. God, we just speak life and grace now in the name of Jesus. We declare new parts, healed arteries, healed valves, new parts from heaven being released now as we pray. We thank you, Jesus, that you have paid it all, that you paid it all on the cross so that we could receive healing in our bodies. So we just release it now in Jesus' powerful name. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Amen. Amen. All right, Teresa. So I'm going to try to do a brief introduction. Come on up. Come on up. Yeah, here, stand up here between Tammy and I. So we met Teresa five years ago. When we went to a Global Legacy Conference, Tammy and I, most of you have heard the story, I'm going to briefly tell it, we were desperate to hear from God. Tammy and I needed to hear a prophetic word. We had not been in a prophetic environment, but we were tapping into the Bethel stream for a few months. We started school through Bethel, and we ended up at a conference where nobody knew us. The first night, we were called out of the crowd and prophesied over, and we were, set, we were told that we should plant that church, that God says we were here for clarity, direction, and you were to go plant that church. The next day we went in for a prophetic appointment, which were little 10-minute time slots, and uh, we were encouraged to do it separately so we could get more, but Tammy and I were, you know, we wanted to hold hands, so we went together and we met Teresa and one of the students from Bethel at the time, and Teresa's first words out of her mouth was, I'm seeing in my gate, I think it was your, the gate of your mind, a steeple and I hear a bell. Are you wanting to plant a church? We just, we came home from that so convinced of what God was telling us, so full of passion. And not only did we get a, a word to carry us in through the next five years up to this day, but we also received a mother and father in the faith from the house that she comes from, Galen and Danette Gingrich, from McMinnville, Oregon, who are an apostolic mother and father to this church. But we also received a prophetic, a prophetess that we have invited to speak into the foundations as well. And I said this at the beginning of the meeting, but I'm gonna say it again. We 
we highly value Teresa, and we believe that her time with us today is very strategic. So we just want to bless her and soak in all she's going to give to us today. Wow. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I am so excited to be here. I really am. I've been looking forward to it for several weeks now and just praying into the church, your church, and asking God what he wants to do. Um, thank you, Pastor Scott and Tammy. I, I appreciate the invitation, and I love being here. I had so much fun last night. I got to meet with several of you, and wow, it was good. It was so good. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I come from Dallas, Oregon, and uh, I live there. I have a, a, I'm a foster mom there, and I have five adult uh, mentally and physically challenged individuals that live with me. They range all the way from being paralyzed to walkers and wheelchairs and every Everything that you've heard about in the Bible or read about in the Bible is existing in my home right now. So, in fact, I've been talking a lot to God about that. Even the dog. Even the dog. The dog is blind and deaf. True. She's a little black skipper key, and her name is Lucy. And when she's on my nerves, I call her Lucifer. So, <laughs> but, I, but I love what I do. I love, you know, the Lord has put me, the desire of my heart is for healing, the desire of my heart. And, and I, I just love interacting with the people in the city of Dallas. I have a, I truly believe I have a mantle for the authority as a watchman in my city, and I, I, I work to wear that mantle in the deepest reverence and respect that the Lord has given me for the salvation and the healing of all who live in our city, those saved and unsaved, because there are a lot of people saved who are suffering with diseases and all kinds of afflictions, right? So I'm out there, and my call is to really walk the streets, and that's what I do. And, and I'm not just serving our city in terms... I see, the first year I went to New Horizons Church and began moving, uh, taking the School of the Supernatural, uh, the Lord asked me to open up a prayer house. You have to understand, this was a huge thing for me because I had no grid for it. So I had no idea, what does that look like? How do I begin? <laughs> there was a lot of eyes in there. But the Lord really just wanted me to really rely on him and depend on him. And, you know, you have to be careful because, you know, I walked in obedience and the Lord showed me in a dream the building right where it was located in our city. Uh, I did not spend time down in that area of the city, so this was a very foreign building to me. Uh, I hadn't seen it before. I, I really didn't go into the part of town very much. I really didn't have business there for no other reason. I just didn't have business there. And, um, and so when I saw that in my spirit, 
uh, I really believed that God was speaking with me. I mean, I just received it. I was pretty new in my faith. Um, so anyway, uh, when I saw where it was in my dream, I drove down there, and sure enough, it was there. So I laid hands on that building, never having done that in my life, and I called it out for the, for the ministry of the Lord. It was uh, already occupied. It, uh, there was a, a gun owner. He, was, he, was, uh, he had that building uh, filled with guns of every kind, from literally from the floor of the building to the ceiling. They just went up the walls, small building, it went up the wall. And uh, here I am laying hands on that building, not really understanding yet or knowing the impact of laying hands and praying in the will of God, in the heart of God. And uh, within 10 days, that guy overnight, without any word to anyone, any explanation or notification, he packed up everything in that building and disappeared. And seven days later, I was in that building. It was an incredible experience for me because I, here I was just, you know, I was on an adventure. I was encountering what I believed was a word of God for my life, already steering me into his destiny for me. And since that time, and we, we are open, we are still open, and since that time, I have been on the streets, most of my ministry is out on the streets of Dallas, really rubbing elbows with the citizens of Dallas, asking them how they are, if there's any way I can pray for them or bless them. Uh, most of the city, we, we're, no, we're known in Dallas in the Guinness Book, this true, in the Guinness Book, of having the most cities and the most bars in, of any city in the concentrated uh, population that we have. Can you imagine that we made the Guinness Book in that? You know, I don't, I don't believe that that was an accident. I gotta tell you something, when I read that and heard, I thought, Lord, no. No, 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 no. Of all the cities, of all the cities in Oregon, Dallas, little Dallas is listed in the Guinness book for those two things. What, God, are you trying to say? And for a year, I sat in the prayer house that God had established and ordained, and I sat in the meditation of that, waiting Asking, praying, waiting, waiting, <laughs> and waiting. And one day, about a year later, it was like heaven just opened and my mind just started receiving this massive, massive download. And I knew everything in my spirit came alive, everything, because you see, heaven just invaded my world. It just invaded my world. Our Savior was speaking, and my spirit 
Every cell within my body came alive to that live, real, now word of the Lord. And I witnessed it as truth. And he said, Teresa, there's coming a day, a day, oh yes, I say there is, that the salvation of my name will fall upon the streets and establish its throne and establish its kingdom in a way that you have never seen nor never will imagine in all of the days of your life. But it is coming. I want you to know that the reason that I have established all of those churches in your city is because there will be such an influx of people running to experience the glory of my realm that it will take many priests and pastors to begin to minister the glory of my name. People who have never heard of me and never experienced me will fall under the weight of my glory. And I will need all of my people to help them come in and usher in, to drink and partake of my goodness. Amen, I say my word is established. And every one of those bars, every one of them, is the home of the lonely, the home of the broken, the home of the weighted, the home of the wounded, the home of the traumatized, the home of those who are looking and wanting fulfillment in their life. Everyone. Go. The Lord said go. Just go. Go talk with them. Let them know. Let them see. Let them see the love that flows from my people. You. You. And let them experience the greatness and the wonder of my kingdom. Well, I've been doing it ever since. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a joy. It's been a, a real experience. And, you know, really that's, that's what I've come here to talk to you about today. The glory of the Lord and the establishment of his greatness upon our lives through encounters and experiences we call it a life in the supernatural. In my church, I'm the director of the School of the Supernatural. I've been taking it since 2008. Pastor Galen said, you know, you've been here for, I, I never left. I mean, the school's only two years long. I never left. I'm still there. And, and Pastor Galen finally came up. He said, Teresa, he said, you just don't go away from this school. I said, I cannot. This was the first place where the Lord spoke to me in such a weighty way. I mean, after my salvation experience. So the Lord had come and said through that school, I want you to open up a house of prayer, praise, and worship. And I want my name I want you, he said, Teresa, I want you to reintroduce my name to the people of Main Street. You know Main Street represents the cardio, the, the heart of a city. It's unheard of to put a prayer house on a Main Street of a city. It's very, I mean, I don't know of another one. They're usually on some side street somewhere, but they're not usually on a, the main road of the city. And that's because the, the businesses that are established in cities are there to bring in economics, money. 
They want to put businesses into, that are going to sell. There's going to be trade involved. But the fathers of the city, when I said, well, my plan is to open up a prayer, praise, and worship home for the Lord. They had four meetings as to whether or not I should be allowed to come on Main Street. Four. And here they come walking into the building one day and they said, Teresa, we've had our last meeting with regard to your intention here and we've decided that we're going to go ahead and let you come in because we think, and we're not even sure why, but we think that there is an important value in what you're trying to do here. And so we're just going to go for it. And, you know, being a little gluttonous, about the whole situation. I said, oh, that's so good. Now, listen, you guys have this rule about no speakers, you know, and all that stuff, but I need music to flow because praise, when it hits the streets, I mean, it just does things for people. Can I put some speakers up? <laughs> we'll get back to you. They never did get back to me, but I put the speakers up, and they've been up for years. And I have a testimony over it, and I'm going to give it to you in a little while. I plan to give you some testimonies this afternoon. Uh, I have a few notes here that I've written out, and I'm going to—I will be reading them off my page from time to time because I really—they're important. I don't want to forget them, but I really want to get to some of those adventures because one of the things that I feel that God is doing here today, especially in Legacy City Church, is He's wanting to impart and open up your excitement in the activities and the movement of the Holy Spirit and that dunamis that lives within you. The power of God that seats itself in every cell of your being. You don't, you don't live alone. You're, you're not just in and of yourself, flesh and bone. We're, this is why we're called new creatures, right? You know, the pre-cross, Jesus came upon people. The Spirit came upon people. And the precious work of Jesus at the cross. Now Jesus, I'm sorry, now the Holy Spirit resides within. New. Brand new. Never before has the earth ever experienced a race of people that have God living within them. I want you to think about that for a minute because that's a powerful, powerful thought and statement. We sing songs about the power of God, but God resides in you. So the power of the spoken word, Jesus says, my words are spirit. And the words that you speak as his sons and daughters representing the kingdom of heaven are filled with that spirit-filled word, filled with dunamis. Dunamis power. It marries and commingles 
with an established authority that God gives you. And you read about that in the scripture. So not only do you have a dunamis power residing in you from the Holy Spirit, but you have the authority of God himself to move about the earth representing and speaking his name, representing the kingdom of heaven here on earth, to be in the will of God. What? That's a, what's the will of God? When we say the will of God, what does that really mean for us? How, have you heard people say, I don't even know what the will of God is. What is the will of God for my life? I don't know, right? Wrong. Wrong. You're his children. You're his children. He wants his best for you. Can you imagine that there was an agreement in heaven? I mean, have you really thought about this, this agreement in heaven where the, the triune God has this meeting and they establish this understanding that even before our home is created, that Jesus will agree to die for our sins. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? But the will of God is for the desires of Jesus' heart to be done, to be established on earth and in heaven. The same. Not from earth, I'm sorry, from heaven just to earth, but his desires to be completed on earth and in heaven. All of it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Anyway, so that's who I am. I'm from Dallas. And I, I just hang out there, okay? And I'm really thankful to be here. You know, there are so, so many things, I think, as a believer to be passionate about when we're thinking about the Word of God and the Bible, the book that we read. We have the idea of our salvation. We have these new home churches that we belong to, that we come into, whole relationships, brand new relationships that we come into. We have prayer, we have worship, we have Sunday services, midweek services. We have lots of connections that we're making, prophetic words, even encouragement, and all, all of those are so important, even vital in our lives. But the one thing that I rarely hear that people say or define as being passionate is their relationship with the Bible. It's rare to hear it. We often hear that the Bible is our guide, but its greatest, greatest blessing is to reveal Jesus. The greatest blessing of the Bible is for you to begin to recognize and begin to formulate this relationship with Jesus, our need for him, the expression of his goodness, and, the, and to see and understand the genuine interest and love that he has for us. The Bible is a narration of stories where we see literally heaven breaking into earth. That's what makes that book so exciting. 
We're seeing through the stories in the Bible, all of them, how God is moving upon men. And he wants you to have an understanding that those encounters, those experiences that those men were established in, that you can have them too. That's on his heart. He wants you to have it. Why? Because you're people born from above. You're born from heaven. You're, yes, you're born of mom and dad originally, but when you said, I do, to the king of kings, and you received him into your heart, there was a transference that took place. And now you are born of God. So those, those stories in the Bible are to help you become engaged. Abraham, Isaac, Peter, Paul, Samuel, Saul, Dan, all of them, all of them, Mary. Can you believe it? A human being being asked to give birth to God. It's an amazing story. And the Bible displays extraordinary, extraordinary and unimaginable changes that take place and transform men under the weight of God's salvation. <laughs> it's amazing. That word transforms means really to change, to make new. Well, that's what God calls you, right? You're new people in Christ. Jesus is totally transformable. That's what God wants to get into your heart, into your spirit, that through the stories of the Bible, you are literally being blessed. In fact, the Bible says that just the fact that your eyes hit the words in the Bible, that you are blessed. It's a life-giving, life-forming, renewing, reviving word. It's meant to springboard your spirit, activate you, pull passion, into the very core of your being for more of God, engaging with heaven where Jesus lives, recognizing who you are, transforming you, changing you, moving you more and more like Christ. Jesus is transformative and he changes the weak into strong. I'm gonna tell you something, I know I'm not speaking about this from reading the words in the Bible. Jesus changes the weak into strong. I'm talking to you because I experienced it. I, I, I was walking in the world for a long, long time, totally in the world. I lived that life. I was 47 years old. One day I go to the doctor and the doctor says to me, I have cancer. And I have to begin a series of treatments. And I begin the series of treatments, and on the fourth second of my fourth treatment, I went into anaphylactic shock. 
My entire body shut down. I was completely imprisoned in my body. I could not open my eyes. I could not speak. I couldn't yell for help. I heard everything that was going on around me, and I could not do anything for myself. Nothing. Nothing. I knew I was in a lot of trouble. I could feel my heart beginning to beat chaotically. I could feel my kidneys beginning to shut down. I could feel all of the organs in my, uh, my body, literally, I felt them all. The blood began to pull away from them and everything in me began to die. I was alert. I was awake in my mind, but I was imprisoned so deeply in such a dark hole that I could not speak, see, or move or flinch a finger to help myself. The only thing that I had going was my hearing and my brain. Two things that no one could see. Two things that no one could respond to. Only me. As a non-believer, I cried out. Who do you think I cried out to? Come on, we're not in the world. We're not totally stupid. I cried out to God. I don't know. I really don't have a personal relationship with him, but I cried out to him. It's amazing that we know who to speak to when we need to. And uh, I was brought around, and uh, I was released from the hospital that day and all medical care. I was told because of the anaphylactic shock that the treatment would kill me faster than the cancer would. But I had a very aggressive form of cancer, and... So the doctors told me to go home, get my affairs in order. I had nine months to a year at best to live. I did exactly that. I did everything I was supposed to do. I didn't have a problem dying. Not that I wanted to, but I mean, we all die. But I was sad about it because I had a daughter who wasn't ready to lose her mom. I, I ended up one night many months later, crying out to the Lord. And the short story is this. In my depth of repentance, in crying out, not because I was looking for a healing, not because I was looking for anything like that, because I want you to know, in my mind, not having been with the Lord, I didn't have an understanding, and I didn't have a lot of knowledge. I thought that miracles were for holy people. I was not one of those. I thought that Jesus only came to holy people, and I wasn't one of those. So I did not expect the events of my life to unfold the way they did. But in my crying out, Jesus literally came into my room. And in a moment, he took me on a journey. We were together, hand in hand, together. And there the Lord had a conversation with me. And a lot of events happen. I will tell you that as I was moving through that journey, the Lord ended up taking me to the cross. And it was at the cross, it was at the cross that I experienced 
I'm not sure. <laughs> the greatest love, the greatest, the greatest warmth. And I have no words for what I experienced completely. But I will tell you that I, I was on all fours. I couldn't walk. I didn't have the strength for what had prior happened through my journey. But I was there and my, my head butted up against the cross. And as I was there, uh, just trying to figure out what was going on, I kind of raised my head and I realized at that point Jesus was on the cross. And in a second, I felt and a, this heavy drop came down on my head and, and it, I felt it roll down my back. Again, splat! And another one came down and I looked, what is that? And, and I saw red and for a moment, just for a second, it scared me. But then I began to realize that that Blood was going deep down into my body. It was going through my skin. It was going down into my muscles. It went down into the very depth of my bones. It went so deep, I could feel that warmth in the marrow of my bones. I got chills right now just thinking about it. I remember being in that place at the cross, and I remember saying, I don't ever ever want to leave from this place, ever, ever. And Jesus said, would you like to come up here with me? <laughs> I just said, I don't want to leave. And I said, but Lord, I don't know how. And he said, I didn't ask you if you knew how. I asked you if you'd like to come up here with me. In my mind, I was saying, well, of course, and in that split second, this happened so fast, he scooped me up in his arms, and the cross was gone, and I was in the arms of Jesus. And we were having a dialogue. And he said, how would you, Teresa, like to get rid of all of that junk you're carrying? And I said, well, I don't know what to do. And Jesus said, well, how about you give them to me and we'll give them to my father? And I said, okay. I remember all of a sudden Jesus took his hands and he put them like this right underneath my hands. And he actually began the movement of lifting my hands up. And from there in that movement, I lifted, I lifted, I lifted them up and Jesus's hands were right underneath me. And he began to pray. I didn't have the privilege of hearing what he said, but he looked at me as he prayed. And he looked back up to Father God. And when he finished praying, all of a sudden, I was back in my room. That's all I knew. That was it. What I did realize, though, was that as a result of that experience, I was different. I didn't ex think I was healed. I'm not saying that. I just knew I was different. You know how I knew? My brain was thinking so different. 
I mean radically different. My body, my skin was literally alive and on fire for Jesus, this Jesus that I met. I didn't know much about him other than what I had just experienced, but I wanted to know more of him. My brain was thinking all kinds of holy stuff. Oh, God, I want to pray. Not sure how to do that, but, oh, you know, and I'm just going to talk to you because, man, I want to. Hey, can we meet again? All kinds of things. And, you know, that kind of babble never stopped. It never stopped. You know, it's still going on today. It's amazing. But that was my experience. I found out within a few weeks, because when you have a terminal illness, the hospital doesn't keep you too far untethered. I was supposed to go back in six weeks and get medication for pain. They thought that I would need it by then. I went back. They always take your blood. They took my blood. They said, Teresa, what are you doing? Nothing. Why? Your blood looks great. I kept getting stronger and stronger every day. As the weeks went by, I couldn't believe it. My brain was on fire. There is no way that I could have cancer. I'm too young for that, and I'm just not going to die. It's not going to happen. But I didn't know I had been healed. It actually took me a while. I went to the doctors twice, and when they kept saying my blood was getting better and better by that time, I knew God had lifted in that place at the cross and obliterated and annihilated that entire devastating disease. And from that recognition, I never looked back. Never. Never. You see, that was an encounter and a walk in the supernatural. It actually literally changed my life right? That's what salvation does. It changes our life. The encounters of Jesus in the Bible are there to change our lives. You know, God does make the weak strong. He lifts the low, and he calls believers to new heights. And those heights are the higher ways of God. They explore our purpose destiny, our kingdom encounters and experiences in the supernatural. Our experiences in the supernatural are intentional for God because they're meant to train us. They're training us to rule and reign now in the kingdom of God. Now. And the practices that we have through those experiences and encounters all of those are to help us step into knowing and experiencing his kingdom coming. See, so that you, you get to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm not begging for it to happen. I'm experiencing it. It's to help us know who he is in our life and who we are in him. Ephesians 2.10 says that we have become his poetry, a recreated people, that will fulfill the destiny that he has given to each one of us. For we are joined now to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Imagine it. The God of the universe, our God, has plans for us. 
Well, we read about it in Jeremiah, right? That Bible, that good old Bible that helps to introduce us to the Lord, keeps us going, keeps us attached to the things of heaven. Not for when we pass into heaven, but now while we're here on earth, our experiences and encounters draw us and our desire for the more of God, for greater depths of intimacy, amen? And that pleasure, that pleasure that we have drives your hunger and should align your spirit with divine instruction. The, the Bible says it this way in Colossians 3, 5. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. You know Things like sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, even greed. Put it to death. Why? You're, you're new. You have God living inside of you. You're experiencing and supposed to experience heaven right here on earth now. Oh, put to death all that stuff. That's the old man's stuff. You're ruling and reigning. You're ruling and reigning in righteousness, goodness, purity, morality, excitement. There is nothing that can stop you from the destiny and purpose that God has called you to. Oh, put that stuff to death. And Romans 12, 12 says, and be transformed. Go ahead, walk in your change. Own it. Wear it. Slip it on. Slip it on. Take it. To be transformed means to be rejuvenated, revived, restored. And we're going to do this by the renewing, you know, the mending of our minds, the recharging, the sanctified, fine-tuning that God is now bolstering you up in because your mind has been sanctified. That's why when I came back from my encounter with the Lord, I couldn't believe the thoughts I was thinking. I was a stranger to myself. I couldn't believe it. I would be driving down the road in my car, true story. And I'm just like, I cannot wait to get home. I want to see what Jesus is going to say on TV. I cannot wait to see. Oh, man. Jesus, I can't believe it. I love it. My life, I'm so excited. And I paused and I go, Teresa, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> what? You, you talk so different now. In the directive that we have from God to be transformed, the Lord perpetuates a promise for us. See, the backside of Romans 12, 12 says, and then when you walk in that transformation and as you're putting all that old man stuff away, then you're going to be able, and here comes the promise, you will be able to approve what God's will is for your life. A good will. A perfect will, a pleasing will. Think of it. You have the mind of Christ. 
Those aren't just words. Oh, they sound great, don't they? But no, you have it. You will be able to approve his will for you in your life. The mind of Christ in your life. Oh man, that's the life I want. You want that life? I want that life. That's walking in the supernatural. I just got to say, to be in the will of God is to be engaged. You know, Jesus says in the Bible, in those great encounters, because he wants you to learn. He went to Abraham with his couple of his buddies. And one day he goes, yeah, sure, I, got, I should tell Abraham what I'm getting ready to do. Imagine the God of universe, our God, saying, I got to tell him what I'm going to do. He's my bud. I like him. I want him to know. And in a moment, God was teaching us through that story. Oh, Jesus wants not only relationship, but he wants intimacy. And he wants us involved in the things that he's going to do. Abraham couldn't stand it when he heard that word from God. He started to negotiate. Oh, but God, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. If you find just 50 good people, would you save that town? Do you remember the story? Yeah. He's teaching you. He's attracting you. He's pulling you in. Do you know that when you read a story in the scriptures and the scripture jumps out at you, do you know that God is literally crashing through the heavens in that moment? He's literally engaging you, pulling you, pulling on you, awakening your spirit to say, yes, take this and claim it for yourself. Take this scripture, live in it. Swarm in it. Be swallowed up in it. I've got a plan for your life. Claim this for your... And do you know that if there's somebody's name in that scripture when you're reading it, you don't only get to claim the scripture. God is wanting you to understand that he wants you to have the same heart as that person, the same posture, the same attitude. Go at it with the same joy and reverence and fun and velocity like Caleb Caleb's 80 years old and the man is standing there saying oh no you don't I want my mountain David stands before a giant everybody else in the land is hiding including the king and this young lad says oh no If God is calling you to that scripture and his name is in it, he wants you. He sees you with David's heart and he wants you to take a hold of it and know that you too can claim the same thing that that guy has, right? So the scriptures engage us, they ignite our faith, they are there to awaken your imagination to the love to the goodness and the awe of God. The scriptures lead us to the amazing discovery that the supernatural is reachable and obtainable now for all of us, all of us. 
Having said that, I, I'm here to just say I have been walking in the supernatural since my salvation. I didn't know any better. I just thought that's what you're supposed to do. Even to this day, every day I wake up and it's like, oh God, I can't wait to see what's going to happen today. I mean, I just, I'm on fire for it. Do you know what I mean? I, I just, I wake up and I want to know what the adventure is going to be. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know I'm going to have one. Because God has a passion for me to learn about him every day more and more and more. He wants to reveal himself more and more and more to me. And not just to me. Guess what he says in his book? He says it. That's why we read it. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. I remember one of the first experiences that I ever had with the Lord. I, uh, I was walking down a road. A gravel road. It's a five-mile walk. I love to do it. I still do it to this day because, you know, it's, it's a time when I can just, five miles, it takes me an hour and 20 minutes to do it, so I have some time. But I remember walking with a friend of mine, and, uh, and here we are walking down this gravel road, and I'm turning this corner, and I'm hearing thousands, and I'm not exaggerating thousands of birds chirping, 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 chirping. Are you kidding me? I'm in Dallas. We don't have big migrations like that. But yet, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It sounded like water running almost, but it was birds. And I said to my friend, hey, hey, Pat, do you hear that? She said, what? I said, all those birds chirping? And she looks up, and she's looking around, and she sees a bird fly by, and she goes, well, yeah, I guess so. I go, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm not talking about a bird. I'm talking, it sounds like thousands of them. And she goes, well, I, yeah, I, I guess so, looking around. But see, right away, my internal heart was already speaking, and I said, God, I do not know what's about to happen but I believe that something big is getting ready to take place. My spirit was alive. Man, I was excited. We keep walking down the road. We get to this farmhouse, and outside of the farmhouse, there was this big tree. And I stopped the walk, and at the same time, my friend Pat's phone, cell phone rings. So she's answering her phone, and I'm standing at this tree, and I'm talking with the Lord. God, I hear all these birds in this tree, but I cannot see one. There's not one. Not one is visible. I mean, I got right up underneath it. I'm looking, looking, looking. It was so loud. It was incredible. Pat's on the phone. You know how you do. Oh, yeah, la, 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 you know, right? And I'm standing there under that tree. Oh, God. I can hear him. I can't see him. True story. Suddenly, out of the very top of this tree, in a, in a position just like this, this white feather came up out of the tree, just like this. Have you ever seen a, a feather ever in your life float straight up and down? I have never. I was captivated and amazed. 
I'm, I'm not kidding. It just went straight up, and it kept going up and up and up. And I said, hey, Pat. <laughs> Pat. And she's like this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm like watching the feather. Pretty soon, the feather stops in midair. Just stopped. And it starts moving perpendicular, just like this, straight across this gravel road that I'm walking on. Oh, my goodness. Have you? And I said, Lord, in all my days, I have never seen a feather. I mean, I'm expecting the feather to do this, and it never did. And here the feather goes, and it goes, and it goes, and it walks. It went right over me. And it kept going, and it got to the end of the road, and it went in about 10 more feet, and I'm watching it. Pat's on the phone, and I'm watching that feather, and all of a sudden it stops, dead in its tracks. True story. Straight up and down. Stops. Just stops. I'm like, what? And all of a sudden that feather backed up. Straight up and down. Straight up and down. It backs up. And I'm standing there and I said, Pat! Pat! Nothing. The feather stops right over me, just in front of me, and it begins to come down. Straight in front of me. Just like this. Pat! You better get off the phone. I think God's doing something, and you're going to miss it. <laughs> True story. And the feather comes down, and it's coming down, and it's coming down nice and slow. You can't miss it. And Pat finally sees the feather and says, I got to go, and hangs up the phone. And the Lord took that feather and laid it down right in the palm of my hand. And that was the first encounter and the first experience I ever had with the Lord. And this is my little memento. It was his kiss for me. It was his kiss. Like, I'm not a feather freak. I will tell you I love birds, so the Lord captured my attention with something that I love but he put that feather right in the palm of my hand this was years ago and I, I cherish this feather because it was a gift from God just a gift it was just a present does it have any special meaning well for me it does you know because it was our walk it was our moment and I want to show you this I need maybe some help. I have a, a friend at Bible study. We were, we were having a Bible study at, in McMinnville, and, and uh, we had just finished about this series about trusting the Lord. It was so funny. And she says, well, she comes with her daughter, you know, and her daughter was disabled, and she, she makes a statement. She says, I'm getting ready to leave the Bible study. She says, Evelyn and I are going to go to the chicken coop because we got to kill a chicken today. Because the chicken keeps laying eggs, and the egg has no shell. And, uh, and so 
she's going on and on, and I'm listening to this. And I'm like, she says, I don't know what to do about it. But she said, I can't continue this because do you know eggs that don't have a shell leave a mess? And then the other chickens go in there and they all move it all over the place and it's messy. So we're going to go home and kill the chicken. <laughs> I'm looking at her like, are you kidding me? We, we, we're healers. We're not killers. We're life-giving people. I know it. I'm, st- I'm saying this to the Lord, you know, but I'm saying, Lord, we give life. We don't take it. I know it's a chicken, but do something about this. So I say to her, you know what? We just finished watching this series about trusting the Lord. What if God is inviting you into a place where he wants you to exercise your authority over the chicken in the coop. And she looks at me, the rest of the ladies did too. They were like, Teresa, are you for real? (laughs) I mean, I'm not kidding. It was a weird moment. And she says, well, I hadn't really thought about it like that. And I said, "But, but, but, but what if the Lord is trying to... capture your attention I mean what if the Lord is really trying to tell you that you can do something about this I mean what if God is really trying to say to you oh my beloved I want you to trust me so much even in the mundane simple affairs of life like a chicken so I asked her I said Would you be willing, I mean, it was a brainstorm. I know it had to come from the Holy Spirit because it couldn't come from me. And I said, would you be willing to give God seven days? I mean, would would you be willing to give God seven days out of your life? And would you be willing to just intercede and talk to him and, and pray over that chicken and in that chicken coop for one week? And would you give God a chance? And at the end of one week, if God doesn't show himself to be in that place, then kill the chicken. I mean, would you give God seven days? Just seven? Just seven out of your life. And she looks at me and she says, well, Teresa, yeah, I'd give God seven days. And I said, well, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next week. I said, now I want you to go home and I want you to go to the chicken coop. And every single day, I want you to declare and proclaim healing over that chicken. And I want you to bless that chicken coop. And I want you to pray blessings of life and rejuvenation over the house. I want you to pray gold over that chicken. (laughs) She says, okay. I mean, the ladies laughed at me. Scott, come up here. Did you, do you have a picture? Yeah. I, I can't. Can you, do, can you do this for me? Just take these two eggs right here. These are the actual eggs, by the way. The lady was so, she prayed. The chicken that never laid an egg with a shell after the second day laid this egg. 
That chicken has been laying eggs with shells on it ever since. This is the normal size. This is a large egg from this, what do you call them, a group of chickens? I don't know. But this is a normal size. Can you just hold it up and just match them? So, so there is the, this is, a, this is a large egg from the hen house. And this is the rejuvenated new egg from the chicken that was once disabled and now has been healed in Jesus' name. Okay. And it's been laying that size eggs ever since. My friend was so overtaken by this experience that the following week when we met at Bible study, she brought me the eggs. She said, Teresa, I got to give them to you. She said, I, I'd have never done it. But I heard the word of the Lord from you, and it's changed my life. See, God's interested in your chickens. He's interested in all the messes that the chickens leave in your hen houses. And he wants to do something about it. And he wants to engage you right now here on earth from heaven. Because heaven resides within you. Where God is, heaven is. Amen? God lives within you. Heaven is not far and estranged away. Okay, we are walking under the authority as ambassadors and messengers of reconciliation. We get to reconcile the world. Jesus has already reconciled the world. They just don't know it, so we get to be the messengers of peace, peacekeepers. Why? Because we carry the peace of God. So we get to exercise and practice. We practice through the encounters and experiences that God puts before us, we practice and learn how to be peacemakers, moving more and more and more towards Christ, becoming Christ through the fruit of the Spirit. So, uh, oh, I got another picture somewhere. I don't want to keep you too long. If I go overboard, just let me know because, you know, I'll... What? Uh, how about the church? It's a building. And there's a light coming out from the top. There it is. I just want to tell you, this, this is a picture from George Fox University. This is a chapel here. Um, this picture was given to me by uh, a fellow from our congregation. His name is Dr. Winston C. Goldman. You guys know him. And they, uh, he, he, had, he said, I, you got to have this picture because this was actually seen in the sky as people came in to pray and call down the power of God. They were having a revival prayer meeting in the chapel. And this, they didn't know it, but this is what people... Uh, Karen and Winston just happened to, or I think Winston was there, Karen was there, and they happened to see that, and they took the picture. See, I want you to know when you pray, you're re there's really something going on. You're, you, <laughs> prayers aren't idle words. I want you to, I want this picture to speak to you because 
We, this is a gift from God. He's allowing you to see something that actually shows up in the heavens, that actually is happening when you're in prayer. His people engaging God and allowing God to engage them. So prayer is powerful. I'm going to show you a picture. I don't want you to get, it's not going to be a pleasant picture. This is a friend of mine. He stepped into a bar in Dallas to, to pull his nephew out, who happened to be in the restroom. I love this guy. So, and I'm sorry that it's not a pleasant picture, but it is life. It's just life. When he was in the bar waiting for his nephew, he uh, was approached by a man who was speaking to him, and Robert said, I can't hear you, the music's too loud. And the guy said, well, come on outside. I want to tell you something. So Robert, being obliging, said, okay. And he stepped outside of the bar, and in the moment that he did, three people, including the man that spoke to him, took out knives and cut him in every major organ of his body, every one, every one. So he was bleeding out. His intestines, he had been cut, as you see in the picture, he had been cut from here all the way down, and his intestines were coming out. He had been slashed across the throat, he had been hit in the lungs. He had been stabbed in the spleen. He was cut everywhere. And he was bleeding out. Just so it happens that that night, this is a very small bar. Dallas is not a very big city. Very small bar. There happened to be a nurse in the building that day. He found himself saying, I am not going to die. And he got himself up on his feet somehow, totally in shock, got into the bar, sat on the stool. And the bartender came over and said, hey, are you okay? And he slumps forward. She calls. Somebody called 911. And the nurse jumps up to attend to him right away. Now let's talk about prayer. That night, a friend of mine who's a missionary, God called. He was in Asia. And God called him off the field many months before and said, I want you to move to a place called Dallas, Oregon. Are you kidding me? This is his story. So he did. Came off the mission field. He moved to Dallas. He found a little apartment that just so happened to be above a shop on Main Street. And when you looked out his upstairs window, it happened to look down at a light in the window. The prayer house that God asked me to open up. So he comes in one day and he opens up the door and we warriors were in there praying mighty and heavy. And he said, hey, uh, I feel like God asked me to come and see if I could join you guys. And we said, yeah, come on in. And he did. And so we began a relationship. You know, I'm shortening this up, but I just want you to hear. The, I want to get to the story. Well, one day, his name is Titus. And one day, Titus 
the, the Salem House of Prayer was getting ready to launch their first night of 24-hour prayer. This is a big deal in Salem, okay? And Titus wanted so bad to be a part of that. And he was excited. So he decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go see my friend in Willamina that I haven't seen in 100 years. And I'm going to visit him. And then I'm going to stay there until about 11 o'clock. And then I'm going to come back. And I'm going to go over to the house of prayer. Because according to his testimony, he said, I wanted to do the 12 o'clock to morning shift. I wanted to pray. So he does. And he's on his way back. And just before he gets to the Dallas cutoff, he hears clearly the voice of the Lord. And he says, the Lord says, Titus, I know you want to go to Salem. And I know you want to pray. But I need you in Dallas tonight. And Titus is talking to the Lord in the car. And he's saying, but Lord... You know I wanted to go to Salem. I want to go to Salem and pray. It's their 24 hour. And he goes, I know, but I need you in Dallas. And Titus, being obedient, said, okay, imagine it. This is our walk, people. This is God engaging heaven in earth. Titus had no idea why. So he drives the cutoff. He goes over to a light in the window on Main Street. And he sees all these blinking lights around the corner. I mean, he couldn't see what was going on, but he could see the lights. And he didn't know what was happening, but he knew it had to be an official car because, you know, the lights are blinking, they're red. And he says, well, Lord, I'm just going to open up the door and just pray. And he does. He opens up the door. He goes in and he shuts the door and he says, okay, Lord, I'm here. And he goes over to the stereo and he turns on the stereo to worship with God through the night, not knowing that the day before I had hooked up speakers to the outside of the building so that when he turned on the speakers, the city would be flooded with the praise of God. Now, my friend Robert is fighting for his life. The 911 guys literally put their fingers in his, in his uh, arteries to, to tighten off the blood supply. And they were doing everything they could to get him at least stable. And they did. They got him in an ambulance, but they never thought he would even make it to the hospital. But nobody knew. But here's Titus, and he turns on the music, and he's entered into the throne room, and he's praying away and worshiping and praising God. And the music is floating over the atmosphere of Dallas. You see what happened was... Jesus, the King of Kings, the God of glory, the life giver, life in a moment meant, met death on our streets. The spirit of death was working and it was alive and it was trying to take out my friend Robert. And the Lord says in the praises of my people, I will be enthroned. And I believe that it was the obedience of Titus coming off the highway to go do a job that the Lord wanted him to do. I believe that it saved that boy's life.
He died on the way to the hospital. The ambulance stopped in a gas station that was closed. The sister was following behind the ambulance. She comes out of the car. She knew it was terrible. She's marching around the ambulance declaring life, not death. Declaring life, 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 life. My brother will not die, but he will live. No weapon formed against him will prosper this day. In the name of Jesus. Pretty soon, they get a beat. They're back, and they get him from point B to point C, which is the hospital. And the, ho and the doctors say he'll never make it through the surgery, but he did. Because by that time, we were all there forming a ring of prayer, praying, no, he will not die. Well, Robert, 10 days later, was out of the hospital and in a convalescent hospital. And he is alive and well today. And he's recovering really quite nicely. He's, he's, he does have some emotional trauma. And so we're all praying for Robert about that. But I just want you to have an understanding that when you pray, heaven moves. When you pray, when you pray, the sons and daughters of God, when you pray, God is listening. God is listening. He's sending his angels. He's doing everything and whatever it takes, whatever is needed, it's happening. The spirit world is real. It's alive. And I, I think that I have one more picture maybe, and then I'll try to make it very fast. Or do you, have, do you want one more or not? Because I, I can go either way. I know we're getting long. Or, what do you got? Let's see. I can't. Oh, here it is. Uh, this is me. I went to the coast. Uh, on the day that I was there, I looked out at Devil's Lake. That's the name of the lake in Lincoln City. And all of the water was covered in moss. The whole lake was covered. And I said, Jesus, the water is sick. And the Lord said to me, well, what do you want to do about it? And I said, well, I'd like to pray for it and heal it. And the Lord said, all right. I said, I sure wish I had some holy oil. And I, 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 I texted my friend in the house because my home is right. Actually, I'm on my boat dock right here. You can see the dock. So I have a home that's right there on the lake. And I said, I wish I had some holy oil. But I, so I texted my friend Pat again. She was in the house. She hadn't come to the outside yet. And I said, Pat, I said, come outside quick. We got to pray. The water's sick. She comes walking out the door with a little vial of holy water. I never mentioned a word about it, but she walks out. I said, oh, this is great. So I unscrew the cap, and I hear the Lord say to me, no, I want you to bless that holy water. And I said, but Lord, the water's already blessed. I mean, the, the oil's already blessed. And he said, yeah, but I want you to know that you know that you know that the oil is blessed. And if you bless it, you will know. Because anything under the blessing is sacred in my eyes. I said, okay. So I did. I blessed the oil. 
And I went over to the water and I put three drops of holy oil in the water. Three drops. Immediately the water began to peel back. And what I saw was this rainbow effect that began to happen all over this area where I had put the three drops. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was absolutely stunned, and I was so excited. I said to Pat, Pat, do you see what I'm seeing? She said, yeah, I'm seeing it. And she went into a prayer language dance. I'm telling you, I've never heard her pray like that before. And I did too. It was like I was thanking the Lord big time. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. And in the course of about 30 minutes, could you go to the next picture? This is that water. There I am. There's the dock. What you're seeing is the bottom of the lake. Thank you, Lord. I want you to understand the power and the authority that you have in Jesus Christ. These are not just simple words that we're speaking. The Almighty God who is most powerful is living in you. He has called you for great adventures to engage you in your life, to bring heaven into your life now, to work with you, to re-energize you, to help you to know who you are and who God is for you and your life. This day today is about imparting the adventures of the Holy Spirit in your life. Is there anybody here that would like to have more of a walk in the supernatural? Yeah. See, it's good to raise your hand. It's okay. Because it says, no, I, I'm hearing you. I'm connecting with you. Okay? So today I have come here from Dallas to impart into you an impartation of walking so that you will begin to see and understand. And if you don't see right off the bat, don't get discouraged. Know that your words are spirit. They carry authority and weight. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your hand on your heart. And the other hand, I just want you to put out. Because we're going to receive, okay? And uh, I'm going to pray for everybody. And, and I want you to please step into a posture of receiving, okay? Because our words, our spirit, filled with the will and the love of God. Father God, we love you and adore you. And we are so thankful for your presence here today. We are thankful that we are part we are part of the body of Christ. And Father God, we are so grateful that you have a purpose and a destiny for each and every one of us. Today, Father, we ask for more, more, more of the impartation of you. We look for the engagement of adventure and encounter. Those things that reveal yourself to us. We desire a greater walk in intimacy with you. We desire to know you and to see your love and your excitement for our lives and what you have purposed and planned for us. So now in your holy name, 
we receive your impartation and we look forward to the adventures and the experiences and encounters that you will bring to each and every one of us. And Father, thank you that you care enough about us to train us, to give us the opportunities and the practices to strengthen us along the way, that everything that you have for us is good and good always, that your intention for us is always love, to build us up and strengthen us and equip us for the things that we face day to day. You are good and you are holy, and you have called us good and holy too. We are honored to move with you in such a privilege. May you be blessed and glorified through our lives. In Jesus' name and the church we say, amen. Be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. That's all I have, Pastor Scott. That was a lot. Thank you for, for sitting for so long. I know it was a while. Wow. Thank you guys for being patient and soaking it all in because I know it's good stuff. <clears throat> I don't mind going long for opportunities like this. If you guys could just hear more of the stuff that she could tell you, you'd be wanting to hear it all day. It's just that good. <clears throat> well, I do believe that we've received an impartation. I, I feel like we've had an awakening to a a higher call, a higher call of pursuing Jesus deeper, more intimately, with faith, knowing that he is speaking to us, that he is so, Teresa said something last night, I was getting messed up big time, by the way, I got hit with laughter, and that's just not like me normally, I cry all the time, I'm a big boo-boo baby, but I was laughing so hard, and it's just the revelation of how intimately woven the spirit of God is inside of us as believers that carry the presence. Every fiber of your being has been brought to life through his spirit living in you. Anyway, I'm not gonna start another preacher because you guys are tired of sitting. So why don't you stand, shake a leg, kind of move your hips a little bit. I know we've been sitting for a bit. Um, and just, just soak it in. I just want to encourage you guys to practice the, the words that Teresa ended with. Just practice. Practice listening. Practice asking God questions. Activate your spirit. Activate that, that part of your communication, your communion with the Holy Spirit. So we just declare blessing over you guys today in Jesus' name. And if you want more prayer, some of us will stick around up front here. Otherwise, uh, eat up the cookies.